Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We are so thankful to our Father. Our God is so good. We must never forget how good he has been. Amen. Amen. Let's always remember and let's be the thankful generation. And regardless of what is going on in our lives, remember there is always room for thanksgiving. There is always room for praise. Our God has been too good to us. You know, I said this, uh, I think, I'm not sure if it was our Thanksgiving service or sometime around then. If the Lord never did anything else for us, he still deserves all the glory. He will still deserve all the glory. Hallelujah. So let's continue to bless him and let's continue to give him the glory that he deserves. It's very easy to serve God one Sunday, two Sundays, three Sundays, one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. But when you do year after year after year, consistently, it takes a love for God. There's got to be something more than just, I just feel like doing something. I feel like singing. So, so <laughs> yeah, you feel like singing. Uh, American Idol, Americans Got Talent. I mean, it's just, you just do one season and it's over. Right? You're not coming back. I mean, yeah, you've, done, you've done your part. You are that. But I mean, you do this, whether, whether, there's, whether there's a few people to sing with you, or whether there's many, you are just there all the time doing that. Amen. And all of you who serve, whatever you do, things you do behind the scenes that nobody really is aware of, things you do where people see you, all the good work that you do, we appreciate you. I thank God for you always just want you to know I do not take you for granted. We do not take you for granted. We appreciate you. Amen. Whether it's here, and let me say that into the camera, whether it's here locally in the congregations here in Ohio or in other places um, where you are working for us, and there's so many people working for us in so many different places. And, And I just want you to know we do not take you for granted. We totally appreciate you. You are the wheels that God has given to this vision. Without you, this vision will not run. No matter how much, how clear the vision is, no matter who's driving at the wheel, at the steering wheel, if there are no wheels to that vision, it does not move. Have you tried to drive a car without wheels? It will not move. The engine may be sound, the battery may be new, everything everything about it may be great, but if it doesn't have wheels, it's not moving. So I'm saying this especially for the benefit of so many people that are remotely working for us, who are doing so many things for us that so many people cannot see and probably may never see until we get before the throne of Jesus. I want you to know that we appreciate you. And those of you who just come in and worship and serve and you support and everything you do, we love you and we appreciate you and we thank God for you. And I want you to know we will never take you for granted. Amen. Hallelujah. I know sometimes the enemy whispers and says, you know, says to people, they don't even appreciate you. They don't, even, they don't even care about what you do and all the work, all your labor. And, you know, you're just behind the scenes laboring by yourself. That is not true. We love you and we appreciate you. Amen. Glory to God. Whew. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. 
Let's um, continue. Thanksgiving is right. I really want to continue to teach this, and and um, I want to teach this a little bit stronger today. I have, you know, like I, I shared with you last week, I, I had quite a number of things in my heart. I know we had to dash out on a trip, and um, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was a very blessed trip. Thank you for pray, praying for us. But um, in my bid and in my hurry to catch the event that we were going for, because it was a timed event and we needed to be there at the beginning and we couldn't be there at the beginning, um, I got stopped by the po-po. <laughs> Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, I was, I was pressing that thing and, and feeling good and keeping my eye on that time and, and just pressing that thing and pressing it hard. And suddenly we passed, we, we, as we approached that popo, I knew, I knew this was it. I never ever go be. I try to never go beyond speed limit. I just don't do it. Period. Because I learned several years ago. Um, I actually learned this from a great minister of God, a mighty servant of God, who said that you know the Lord, the angels of God will keep you. Protection is guaranteed for you, um, but you have to stay within the rules that have been set. You can't, you, can't, you can't keep abusing rules and then claiming divine protection. <laughs> so, so, so I, just don't, I just don't do it. I just don't do it. Those, you have to keep those angels working, right? But we had to be at this event. And, um, I mean, you know, I know sometimes people have to do stuff like that. And really, the only thing that's reasonable for them is just skip service and, and go early. And we could have done that, but really, I've made up my mind. I want to be here every Sunday this month. This is the last month of 2022. 2023 is a very, very significant year. And um, we, we ext- I'm extremely excited about 2023, but I want to finish this year right. I want to finish it well. And since the Lord, you know, gave me this, this thing about, you know, Thanksgiving is right, and he, I knew he wanted me to teach about thank- thanking him right um, all the way to the end of the year, I made up my mind I have to be here in every service. So, so the only option we had was to press that thing. <laughs> or believe God that they would delay the event, which I knew would not happen. Right? right. So the popo, as soon as I got on the, um, on the fast lane to get by the, the guy who was going in, the guy who was going in front of me was already going like almost 80, right? So I was, we were on a 70 mile per hour. And I'm um, looking at my my. Sp- my speedometer, I'm like 82. I'm like, come on, I'm going to get past this guy. Just press that thing hard and try to, you know, spot mode and get past him quickly and get back on the... But right there was the popo. 
<laughs> has to be God on the fast lane right there. I saw him right there hiding. Saw him in the corner of my eye. And then, you know, whoa, I, I told Pastor Tino, I said, the popo. <laughs> the popo is... <laughs> I said the popo. She said, no, maybe, maybe he maybe he was maybe he did you. I said, I think he did. <laughs> he hadn't even moved. He hadn't even done anything. I quickly got back on the slow lane, quickly slowed down. And but I she says, let's just I said, no, I know he, I know. And immediately he pulled out. <laughs> and as he pulled out, started flashing, yep, he's coming right behind me. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And um, so, of course, you know, thunder flashes pulled over and just waited for Mr. Popo. And I'm praying, like, I'm actually, I'm praying a lot because the event, the event, you know, is like, um, we're rushing for this event. Now you are going to delay us like, how many more minutes? I think this was after Dikinuche. You did. You called us at a point, right? I think you called one, and I think this was not long after that. I was telling him the weather is so good, it's so bright. It feels cold. it's cold outside, but here yeah, we're not feeling. I'm just I'm loving these drives. I'm just <laughs> pressing that thing. <laughs> so, anyways, praise God. The Lord sent us the right kind of popo, and um, when he came, he was very nice, and uh, he said do you realize you were speeding? I said, well, actually, I was trying to get past this guy in front of me, and I was going to go right back to the slower lane as soon as I got past him. He said, yeah. He said, you know what, what your speed was? I said, yes, I know, because I knew right at that point my eye was on this, was on this speedometer. So he said, um, he said, where are you going? Where are you all going? So I explained to him where we were going. And I, I don't know if that made an impression on him. I don't know. It was just the favor of God altogether. But I don't know if where we were going mattered to him. Because when he heard about where we were going, he said, okay, we'll, we'll try to get you on your way real quickly then. So he said, but I, you know, I need your registration. I need your life. The usual stuff. Gave him everything. And he went back to his car. Did all his stuff. Sat there just praying, Lord, we're losing time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. The whole reason for doing 82 miles per hour is so that we can, you know. And uh, But uh, after a few minutes, he really was very quick. He was very quick, actually. I think he was very understanding. So he came out and came to my side and said, this is just a warning. This is just a warning. So... So uh, we said, yeah, that's the favor of God working. Uh, but after that, I kind of, I stayed at 80. I think it was 78, 80. Glory to God. All right, you have your Bibles? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today that the Pope didn't give me a ticket. Glory to God. <laughs> Acts chapter 14 and verse 17. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It says, nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness 
in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. Make this confession with me. Say, God's blessings in my life are a testimony of his goodness to me. Say that one more time. Say, God's blessings in my life are a testimony of his goodness to me. So I ought to be thankful always. Amen. Amen. Let's look at the Amplified. It says, yet he did not neglect to leave some witness of himself. For he did you good and showed you kindness and gave you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your heart with nourishment and happiness. We've talked a lot about this. The Lord, his goodness is, is witnessed by the provisions that God makes for us. He fills our heart with good and with happiness. Amen. The New Living Translation says, But he never left them without evidence of himself and of his goodness. For he sends, for instance, he sends you rain and good crops and gives you food and joyful hearts. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for rain. Thank you, Lord, for good crops. Thank you, Lord, for food and for joyful hearts. Amen. Look at the Living Bible Version. He says, but he never left himself without a witness. There were always his reminders, the kind things he did, such as sending you rain and good crops and giving you food and gladness. I really like that part about the kind things he did, the kind things. I love the testimony of the kindness of God. We serve a kind God. Our God is kind. In fact, the Bible talks about his loving kindness. Our God is not a mean God. He's a kind God. You know what it means to be kind? Hmm? It means to be, to be good. It means to, 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 um, to, to, to look for ways of making other people's lives good. That's what it means. He has shown you kindness. In fact, the NIV says, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. So we ought to be thankful in all circumstances, in all situations. First Thessalonians Chapter 5, verse 18. It says that it is the will of God that we are thankful in all things. Hallelujah. No matter the circumstances. First Thessalonians 5, 18 in the Amplified Version. Look at it. It says, thank God in everything. No matter what the circumstances may be. Be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. Yes. 
the revealer and mediator of that will. Thank God in everything. No matter what the circumstances. Amen. If you, if you wake up in the morning, you feel happy, thank God. You wake up in the morning, you feel grumpy, thank God. In fact, thanking God is the answer to every kind of negative emotion that we deal with in our lives. If you feel bad, thank God. If you feel good, thank God. If you feel like, you know, you are not doing as well as you want to do, thank God. If you feel you are, you are over the moon, thank God. Amen. When you, when you deal with emotions that are not that favorable, self-pity and feeling bad and feeling sad and feeling like you are lonely and nobody cares about you, switch into thanksgiving. You'll be amazed what that would do. Switch, just switch into thanksgiving. It will shock you what that would do to you. Amen. In all circumstances. And the Bible says here, God is honored by our thanksgiving. Amen. And in 1 Samuel 2.30, it says that they that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me will be lightly esteemed. Amen. So I believe one of the ways in which we honor God and one of the ways in which we get God's honor in our lives is by thanking God. Is by thanking God. You know, so sometimes people say, well, you, is God partial? Why is it that God does good for some people? He doesn't do good for other people. No, God does good for everyone. The Bible says he sends his rain upon the, the good and the not so good. God is good to everyone. The question is, why is it that some people don't enjoy the goodness of the Lord while others do? A lot of it has to do with their attitude. A lot of it has to do with their attitude. An attitude of thanksgiving, an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thankfulness will put you in a position where the goodness of God that is already made available to you, you can actually enjoy it. You can actually enjoy it. See, when you are unthankful, even though God is good to you, then you can't enjoy more of that goodness because you don't have a thankful heart. Amen. Your attitude attracts the blessings of God when it's a good attitude. Somebody once wrote in, I think it was John Maxwell, in one of his books that he wrote on, um, on success, talked about, you know, something that is called um, um, an attitude on the dashboard of, of a plane, of an aeroplane. Something's actually called, there's, there's an instrument there called the attitude. And he said, the attitude, that instrument, determines the altitude of the plane. Your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. I don't know if you understand what that means. But that means how high you rise in life is determined in large part by how thankful you are. How high you rise in life. There are some people, no matter what you do, it's never enough. It's just never enough. You know, you've, they've not even finished saying thank you for the one you have not finished celebrating. They've gone on to the next thing. It's like, yeah, you did this, but we use like the children of Israel. They say, yeah, we know you opened the Red Sea, but will you give us, will you give us meat in the, in the wilderness? I mean, that, and the Bible says God was grieved by their unthankfulness. God was grieved. 
It's like, yeah, you've done some good things, but what about the others you haven't done? Somebody said, that would not be me. There's nobody like that in this congregation, nobody like that listening to me this morning. And if you found yourself in that trap from time to time, like you've just overlooked and taken for granted the goodness of the Lord, just shake yourself up. Say, come on, be thankful. Be thankful. Amen. 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 Be thankful. And it's always good, actually. It's the best, the best time of life to learn thankfulness is when you're very young. When, when children should be taught thankfulness, when they are very young. Because then, then they grow up with it. Amen. And, and, but the, the, it's very difficult when you are already old. One time the Lord told me, he said, you know, I was, I was thinking about this situation. And the Lord said to me, if, if you have lived 70 years in a particular way, and now you start learning a new way of life after 70, 75, 80, it's very difficult. Change is very hard. You will try. You, you do every, but change comes very slowly. Because for 80 years of your life, you have done things in a certain way. So now you are realizing that was really not the right way. Now you are learning what the right way is, but it's just very hard. It's doable. It's doable. And if you do it, it will be your benefit. But it is very difficult. Amen. It just means you, you, have, to, you have to give more to, do, to, to making yourself do it. Because, because it's, not a part, it's not a part of your DNA. You didn't grow up that way. So now you have to do that work a little later in life. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm thankful. Your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. So last week, we started looking at the different ways in which we offer thanksgiving. And what was the one we dealt with last Sunday? Verbal thanksgiving. Verbal thanksgiving. We used the um, example of the lepers. The nine lepers who went away and the one who came back. Who was verbally thanking God. Thanking Jesus for healing him. And the rest of them took it for granted. But he came back. And the Bible says over and over and over again. Luke chapter 17 and verse 15 and 16. Over and over again he just kept thanking God. We saw Hebrews 13, 15. That we, we are supposed to continually give the Lord the fruit of our lips. Thanking him. Thanking him always. So, so I also made this statement. Thank God with the fruit of your lips. Before you thank him with the fruit of your increase or the fruit of your income. Your verbal thanksgiving takes precedence over any kind of material gift you can give the Lord. If you have, if you are, if you are a, you're a giver of finances, you're a tither, you're a sower of seed and all that. But you have a foul attitude and you are unthankful. That unthankfulness will be one of the reasons why you will not reap harvests from your monetary seeds. That unthankfulness, that lack of gratitude will be one of the reasons why you would not. You know, you've, have you heard sometimes people say, hey, well, but I'm a tither. And how come I've never reaped, I've never gotten a harvest? Well, I would ask myself that question. I would not ask somebody else. If, if that's my situation, I would not look for somebody to give me the answer to that question. I would look within myself. 
and say, what have I been doing? Right? The very fact that I even came to the point where I said, how come I'm a tighter and I've never gotten, I've never gotten a harvest? That very fact, the very fact that I thought that is evidence that there's a whole lot more going on within me that I need to deal with. Amen. Amen. You heard it right here on this platform. Right. <laughs> Amen. So, so if you're, if you're, if you're tithing, you're giving, you're consistent. People say, I, I give consistent. Well, I, the, the next thing I want to check is yourself. Like, are you a thankful person? Are you a thankful person? Amen. Do you, do you, do you offer gratitude to the Lord for everything he does for you? Like we say all the time, like, you know, people even talk about the small things of life. There are no small things of life. What are they referring to as the small things of life? They're talking about air, food. <laughs> Think about that. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm thankful. Say, I'm truly thankful. With all my heart, I am thankful. Amen. Amen. Now, today, I want to try to take the next three. And I'm going to try, I'm going to do my best, so bear with me if I'm rushing a little bit. But if I feel the Holy Spirit wants me to take some more time, then I will. Because I want to close this out at the end of this year. But we have verbal thanksgivings. Then we have the second one, thanksgivings offered by our serving God inside and or outside of an organized church setting. Serving God in the kingdom of God. Do you know that your serving God is one of the ways in which you thank God? Do you know this? Think about this for a minute. How much energy do you reckon you put into working your job? Think about that for a minute. How much energy and how much time do you reckon? Most people do a nine to five, 40 hours a week. Right? Some do maybe more, right? All right. But how much energy do you reckon you put into working that job? Well, where did that energy come from? Where did that energy come from? Right now, so you will see when I, because the, 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 the next two, after serving God with, you know, thanking God, thanksgiving through service, the, the next two have to do with the fruit, of, the fruit of your life, like the fruit of your increase, fruit of your income, and things like that, your material benefits, right? And this will not be new to you because if you've been joining the Wednesday services, you know, for at least about two or three Wednesdays, took some time to talk a little bit about money. The Lord really did want me to do that. That's, it's, I said this last week, it's, it's a hump that a lot of believers have not been able to cross. And that, not being able to get over the money hump will stop you from getting over the covenant hump. People even have expressions like, well, the Lord knows I love him, 
The Lord knows. He knows I've given him my heart. He knows I'll give him anything I have. Why don't you go to Walmart after you've loaded your cart and at the checkout, just say, oh, Walmart knows I love them. <laughs> where else? Where I mean, I could I I could be shopping. I could I could be shopping. Where else? Where else do people shop at? Grocery shopping. I mean, huh? I mean, there's loads of places, but I chose to come to Walmart. I mean, what I'm buying here today, I could have gotten it online, Amazon, and had it delivered straight to my address. But I came to Walmart because I love Walmart. My being here in Walmart is evidence of my love for Walmart. Why don't you say that? And then see what they will say. They will call Popo. And the Popo they will call will not be the one who came. <laughs> will not be the kind I saw last Sunday. This will be a different kind of Popo. You understand what I'm saying? No, no. The reason you, you pay in Walmart is because the things you got came from somewhere. And Walmart have to pay for them to be able to keep restocking that thing you got. The reason you express thanksgiving with your life, with your energy, with your time, with your finances, is because you recognize it came from somewhere. And where it came from, they have to keep restocking what you have. They have to keep restocking what you have. So, you know, God knows my heart. You know, people, you can sit down and and not serve God in any way. Use all your energy during the week and do your 40 hours or 60 hours or 80 hours. And do whatever, and then you know, say weekend is my day of is my time of rest. You know, many people that's what they do. Their weekend is their time of rest, and just you know, rest and have fun or travel or whatever, and not do anything ever to serve the Lord, either in His kingdom or outside. Sorry, in this in the local church or outside of it within the kingdom of God. And what what you are saying in essence is that energy that I have came from me. I'm responsible for it. It came from me, and I can use it any way I want. I want you to look at the story of Peter's wife. Excuse me, Peter's mother-in-law. Let's look at that real quickly in Mark chapter 1. Peter's mother-in-law was sick. She couldn't lift a finger. She couldn't do anything for herself. She couldn't get up. Jesus was passing by and he was visiting in Peter's home. And somebody told him about Peter's mother-in-law being sick. And the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord ministered to her. The Lord prayed over her. She received her strength back. And the very first thing she did after receiving her strength back is she, she began to serve God. She began to serve God by waiting, by ministering to the people that were there. She didn't say, oh, Jesus knows I love him. He just healed me. 
and go about and do her 80-hour-per-week job. No, she got up. From the moment she got up, she started serving the people that were there. One of the greatest ways in which we express thanksgiving to God is by serving God within his kingdom. Serving God, serving people in the kingdom. Look at this scripture right here, Mark chapter 1. Let's read it together. Mark chapter 1, let's read from verse 29. It might be easier actually just read it straight out of um, the Amplified, honestly, because that's just very, very clean, straightforward English. Let's read this together. Mark chapter 1 from verse 29 in the Amplified. And at once he left the synagogue and went into the house of Simon Peter and Andrew Andrew accompanied by James and John. Verse 30. Now, Simon's mother-in-law had for some time been lying sick with a fever. And at once they told him about her. And he went up to her and took her by the hand and raised her up. And the fever left her. And what did she do? She began to wait. Right there. She didn't even ask for a time of recovery. She didn't say, I need two weeks to fully get over the the sickness. Or some people say, I need like three months to fully, just fully get all my strength back. You know, I I need to get all my strength, everything back. It's not all back. (laughs) And the only time you see them when they are looking morose and sad and, and they have their hair drooping, is when you see them in church or you see them somewhere. But when they don't have all their strength back, but immediately they go back to work. They don't have all their strength back, but immediately they go back to the grocery store. They say, I haven't, gross, I haven't, I haven't been to Costco for two whole weeks. I've been sick. The very first place they are going is, is BJ's. Sam's Club. Because, you know, and you know, I have to shop in bulk. Because I haven't shopped in three weeks. No, the Bible is showing us here, the first thing we are supposed to do is serve God. To show our appreciation for how he has helped us and how he has blessed us. And how he has given us strength is to get up and serve God. The first, the very first responsibility we have. When we know we are strong and we are healthy and we are well. Is to make sure we are using that energy and we are using that time in serving God. Then of course do your other things. Take care of your business. Take care of everything else. That's it. But first, serve God. Somebody say first. first. There is a principle of first fruits. Yes. And it doesn't just apply to money. I'll talk a little bit about the money part in just a couple of minutes here. But there is a principle of first fruits. The word first fruits is is a Hebrew word, reshif. It means the first part, the most significant part, and the best part. That's what that word means. Now, 
in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, the word first fruit or the word reshif is translated as principal. So when you read in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says, um, wisdom is the principal thing. Put that up for me there. Put it up in the, in the King James. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, with all your getting, get wisdom, get, with, with all, get, your, get wisdom, and with all your getting, get understanding. That's, that's Proverbs 4, 7. Let me go there to my Bible. That is, you have that. There you go. Thank you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all your getting, get understanding. Now, I want you to look closely at that word, principal. That word, principal, is from a Hebrew word, reshith. That word, reshith, means the first part, the most significant part, the best part. In this scripture, it is translated into principle because that's the ideal, that's the appropriate translation for it. But it is the same word in many parts of the scriptures that's translated first fruits. That word, reshith, principal thing. Notice when it says wisdom is the principal thing, it's not saying wisdom is the only thing you need. If you are trying to do anything in life, if you are trying to do a project, if you are trying to move forward, accomplish a vision, you are trying to start a business, you are trying to do whatever it is you are trying to do, it says wisdom is the principal thing. It's not saying wisdom is the only thing. But it's the most important thing. It is the most significant thing. And it is the best thing you can have before anything else. Sometimes people say, no, I just need money. If I can just get money. No, money is not the principal. Money is never the principal thing. We've, we've gone through a whole series of lessons, Bible studies on Wednesdays, teaching on wisdom. I hope, I hope, I hope you've joined us on some of those teachings. Because wisdom will enrich you. Wisdom will te- tell you how to live long. Yes. Do you know if you have wisdom, you can avoid some sicknesses? Yes. Do you know this? Yes. Wisdom will affect your diet. Yes. Wisdom will affect, wisdom will change your life, period. You can live long and strong and stay young if you have wisdom. If you have wisdom. There are a lot of things people are going to the hospital for. Checks and tests and all these things. A simple diet adjustment. A simple adjustment in their diet. I'm not saying that you go extreme. And you know, you, 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 know, you don't, you know, you just, and every time people see you're always very unhappy. So what's going on? Say, I'm trying to live strong. I'm trying to live long. <laughs> Change my diet. <clears throat> no. Living long, living long should also be living with joy. 
So you see people eating meat, you can't eat meat. You see people eating other things and you can't do them. You say, what's wrong? You say, because I want to live long. And you are always unhappy. Now, if you are, if you are happy with your greens, keep enjoying your greens. That's all you have. God bless you. Greens, greens, greens. Very good. Enjoy it. Very, very good. Enjoy it. However, you, you don't really need an extreme. See, life is about consistency. It's like something I said earlier on in the service and during the message, and I talked about when it is easier to make changes. And I said, teach children so much easier if we learn early in life how to be thankful. It's so much easier because when we get older, we don't need extreme measures. But things you don't learn and start practicing early, when you get older and you start seeing the effect of those things in your life, then you need extreme measures. And God did not create us to need extreme measures. So, just consistently, early, doing the things, you know, like, you know, where your health is concerned, just eat right. Exercise. Sleep well. Rest. And then have peace and be happy. These are the key. It's very simple. Stress will kill you. You can be a billionaire, but stress will kill you before anything else. So, Eat well, eat right, exercise. Don't wait until your health is getting out of control. Now, you want to exercise 12 hours out of every day. (laughs) That's extreme. You don't need that. One, you cannot sustain it. You can't sustain it. Then do your checkups. Make sure, go, see your physician. If it's once a year, if it's twice a year, whatever, see your physician. Let them give you, don't say no, you know, um, I I, I don't want them to tell me something negative, something that that will attack my faith. You... <laughs> you, don't, you don't want them to actually, what is going on is you are afraid, you are living in fear. That's what's going on. And fear is not faith. Have you heard some people say, you need to do this? They say, no, I don't want to do it. Why? Because I don't know what they are going to tell me. It's like, it's like, it's like a child saying, I don't want to do an exam because I don't want the teacher to tell me that I didn't, I didn't know the answer. Hello? You don't know the answer. That's <laughs> if you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer. What do you need to do? Get the answer. You're not doing the exam, so you don't get an F. It's not working in wisdom. Because one day, you will find out that you really don't know it. And then it may be too late. When you're trying to 
do things that are important in life. And then you find out that some of the things you should have and practice regularly to succeed at that thing you are trying to do, you don't have. Well, you should have discovered through the exam. You may get a B, but if you get a B, wouldn't that tell you, okay, I have a lot of work to do because I want to get an A. But what is the point in dodging the exam? Because you don't want the teacher to give you an F, and an F will attack your faith. <laughs> See, what I'm telling you right now, I know it may sound funny to you. I know this may sound funny to you. But I actually had a classmate of mine who believed like this. He's in heaven now. He was very good. He was one of my closest friends in college. I actually, I, he, in fact, I think in one year he was the head of our, stud, our Christian Students um, uh, Fellowship on campus. And um, I remember we, 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 we used to be roommates. And, you know, many times we'll all, even those of us, we didn't really study as well. We, we failed many classes. But he, he didn't fail many. He failed all. He always failed. <laughs> study who study <laughs> right then you say I, I don't want them to I don't want what they say to attack my my faith and when, when he goes to his um when he goes to the lecturer you say you know he can't figure something I can't understand something we say okay maybe go because students will try to explain maybe maybe make an appointment with the lecturer you know he doesn't want the lecturer to attack his faith <laughs> Graduated from college with third class. Third class. That's the very bottom. <laughs> very, very bottom. What would you say? Wouldn't you say he should have done those exams and gone to see the lecturer and let the lecturer attack his faith so that he can improve? We're going through all these stories. Life, life is about consistency, folks. Life is about consistency. Eating right and living right and exercise. Make yourself exercise. I remember I told, I told Pastor Emmanuel maybe years ago. I remember that one or two things we were trying to do. And I said to him, I don't know if you remember this. This is a long time ago. I said to him, I love manual labor. Do you remember this? We were talking about we're talking about cutting. I've never said this on the pulpit, but I'm going to say it today. We're talking about cutting the shrubs. You remember? Cutting these shrubs in front of the church. And uh, he said somebody was going to do it. I said, no, I want to do it. I said, I want to do it. I do it every year. I think I told you guys that before, right? I'm not sure. I cut those shrubs myself every single year. And I think... I think you were, you know, you said you wanted to, I said, no, don't, don't do it. I want to do it. <laughs> he looked at me really strange. I said, yeah. Then I said to him, I love manual labor. Sometimes people think, well, you know, the big, the big shots, the big bosses, 
They are the ones they see. They don't do anything. They just sit. They just, they just live in air condition. They do not, you will die quickly. One of the ways you stay young and stay strong, keep yourself active. I love manual labor. I love every opportunity to carry things, not in an unsafe way, to do things, to exert myself. I don't want to sit around and just, you know, yeah, my brain should be working. My spirit should be working. But my body should be working. Yes. Yes. Someone say, I love manual labor. Say, I love exercise. Say, I love good diet. You should. No matter how old you get. This is why people get very old very quickly. They do nothing. They can't clean their houses. They can't get up and they can't do, they do nothing. And they just talk about how they are always, you know, just tired. You know, their brain is all Your brain will live long, but your body will die quickly. And unfortunately, your brain needs your body to survive. Consistency is the key. It's not that you suddenly, how did I get here? We're talking about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe, maybe some people needed to hear this stuff. Because none of, none of this stuff is in my notes. So, that word, principal, reshith, it means the most significant. Oh, um, Dickiness Zini and her family came in here last night. I didn't know anybody was here. I was, you know, I was in the office. I just bumped into them, came out and saw them walking. And Emma, God bless you guys. Thank you. And they were doing stuff and... I was doing a lot of manual labor. A lot of manual labor. And the truth of the matter is this. The way God created you, you have to keep your body, your life active. You have to stay on the go. You can't afford to just sit down and just become an old person. Stay young. Mix with young people. In the event we were in last weekend, you know, we're surrounded by a lot of young people. And we were talking with them and, you know, we were sharing some of our experiences in college. And, you know, those things keep you young. Exercise everything God has given you. Now, that word, let's stay, let's stay here. I've got to close on. <laughs> How many things was I supposed to deal with today? Three? I've not even finished one. Help me, Holy Spirit. Which is the one I'm talking about today? Thanksgiving offered by serving God inside the kingdom of God. Inside or outside of an organized church setting. And I've given you Peter's mother-in-law. As soon as the Lord healed her, what was the first thing she did? What was the first thing she did? She got up and started serving. You must be doing something in the kingdom of God. It doesn't always have to be within the local church. If, if, if you can, serving within the local church is great. But by some people's 
um, calendar schedules. They are not really able to do it. But really make yourself do something. I don't care how, how insignificant. Make yourself do something. You know, if you can sit in the church, you can serve in the church. That's bottom line. If you can sit your butt on a chair, you can walk that butt in the church. The bottom line truth. And, and I'm going to tell you this. I personally believe one of the ways you can walk in a covenant of health in your life is by actively serving God. I personally be, I believe it without any iota of doubt. One of the ways you can keep yourself in a covenant of health with God is by serving God regularly in his kingdom. Because let me ask you, if you died, who will miss you? Will God's people miss you? Remember this woman who died in Acts? Lydia? And all the widows came together crying and showing all the things she had done, she had given them. Let me ask you, if that woman died and she had not done anything for anybody, do you think anybody would be crying? They sent for Peter. Peter was in a different city. They sent for him to come and pray for this woman who died. They knew she died prematurely. My question is, if you die, God forbid, not you, but if somebody dies prematurely, who will get up and say, fight for, for their life? If you are in the gate between life and death, and everybody knows it's not your time yet, who will fight for you? Outside of your immediate family, outside of maybe your spouse, outside of, who will fight? Whose life have you touched? Who have you served? Who will say, no, 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 no. We need him to stay here. We need her to be here longer. Amen. Serving God is one of the greatest ways in which we thank him. We show our gratitude to God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. You remember the story of the demoniac in Mark chapter 5. We're in Mark chapter, chapter 1. Go to, just flip over to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to try to close. I thought I'll do three. I'll do just one today. Forgive me. If I don't finish, we'll finish sometime. Go to Mark chapter 5. Someone say, I'm, I'm committed to serving God. Say that with me. I'm committed. Say, I'm devoted to serving God. Say this. I am addicted to serving God. I've got to serve God in my lifetime. Say it. I've got to serve God. Stretch out your hand if you still have a hand. Say, my hand, my feet must serve God in my lifetime. Every part of me must serve God in my lifetime. Now, it's good to come in and go out and come in and go out. But at some point, you've got to serve. Make your life count in the kingdom of God. Oh, Jesus. Ooh, hallelujah. Be a blessing to some godly servant, some man or woman of God that is trying to fulfill a vision. Be a blessing where they think about you. They think, oh, think how much load he, he takes off of me. How much burden he removes from me. I don't have to do that because he does it. I don't have to worry about that because she takes care of it. Refresh somebody's mind. Refresh somebody's spirit. 
so they can, they can freely do the things that they, only they can do. And they have help and they can rest knowing that the things that they don't have to do, people that are dependable. And not, not do it once and leave it and be consistent with it. Be excellent with it. Amen. And don't be upset if somebody challenges you about excellence. Don't be, don't be upset. If somebody challenges you about excellence, it's out of love. It's so you can be better. It will improve you. It will help you get ahead in life. Amen. I know a lot of church people sometimes will get upset, get annoyed. Like you, you challenge them based on excellence. Like, like they're like, oh, how dare you? How dare you? Truly, no, truly the way we, we should be careful how we talk to people, really. That's very important, you know. Because there are different ways in which we can encourage people. There are different ways in which we can correct people. Right? You know, so, yeah, we ought to be very careful how we do that. But think about this, though. At, at the end of the day, bottom line is it's your benefit. So while that person who is doing the correcting, while they're on their journey of learning the best way to do the correcting, you stay on your journey of receiving the best way to move forward in life. Don't focus on how the correction came. The Lord will deal with them. Don't worry about that. He'll take care of them. But you take that correction and run with it. And keep growing and keep getting better in the things that you've been called to do. Because ultimately, it will be for your benefit. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory. These things don't sound deep spiritually, but these things I'm sharing with you are very deep spiritually. I got to close. Almost, almost one. Let's read here in Mark chapter 5. Remember the story of that um, demoniac who, who was... Uh, unclean, the Bible says he was tormented by all these unclean spirits. And then what happened? You know, Jesus showed up. Right? This is Mark chapter 5 from verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the gatherings, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. You can read the rest of that story. And this man came, and Jesus ministered to him and drove out all the unclean spirits. And this man became well. He, he got in his right mind. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. Got in his right mind. And, and when the people came to Jesus... They saw the man that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray that Jesus would leave their city. And when the man, when, when, Jesus, when Jesus came back into the ship, the man that had been possessed with the devil started asking him, prayed him that he might follow him. Look at, verse, look at verse 19. Jesus, however, would not allow him. But Jesus said unto him, go home. To who? To your friends. And do what? And tell them how great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. Look at verse 20. And this man, who used to be a demoniac, he departed and he began to publish in Decapolis, Decapolis is a region with 10 cities. He began to publish how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. He went to places where Jesus couldn't go. He went to places where Jesus couldn't go to tell them one thing. 
what the Lord had done for him. What the Lord had done for him. He even said to Jesus, let me be with you. Jesus said, no, 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 no. Go. Go home. To your friends. To your family. Tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. What was that? He was serving God. He was serving God in the kingdom of God. He wasn't necessarily within a church. But he was serving God. Now, the benefit of serving within a, a local assembly is there's accountability there. Because uh, a dear brother, I got to close this. Uh, let's read one last scripture before I close. One, one dear brother uh, that we met in, in, in an event we recently did in, in, in Philadelphia. Um, very good young man. I think uh, Pastor Tinu's um, um, first cousin. Um, um, what's his name again? Um, from California. What's his name? You forgot your first cousin's name. <laughs> Banji. And, um, and, and his wife, Melissa. Um, he, um, we had actually attended their wedding in Chicago several years ago. And we saw they had been so many years since we hadn't seen them. And their kids are so big, I couldn't recognize them. And, uh, well, I'd never even seen them, right? Because I don't think, did we see those kids when they were young? They were so tall. And, <laughs> and um, I know that when he was in Chicago, he was in a church where he was serving as an, as an associate minister. And um, so we got talking after the event. And so I started saying to him, so I know you're in California. You've been in California for a while. What do you do for the Lord? He has a great job. Their family is blessed. I mean, they're blessed. But what do you do for the Lord now? He said, well, you know, it's just tough. Sometimes you're raising a young family, and it's just tough. And, and their son, I don't know what their daughter does, but their son plays basketball. I mean, he's tall. <laughs> he's tall. I just loved them. loved their family. And, but I said, yeah, I said, yeah, it's, it's tough. And yeah, but once in a while they'll do something. And I said, I said, you know, one of the reasons it's a blessing to serve within the confines of a local assembly is because there's accountability there. I said, if you just serve any time you get the opportunity, you will hardly ever get that opportunity. Life is so full for everyone. It's just difficult to make time. It's really difficult. And especially if you are raising a young family, you are, it's just so hard. It's just so hard. I said, but there's accountability when you serve somewhere where somebody knows that you should be responsible for something. And I know they serve, they do stuff, they host missionaries, they do great things, they have people in their homes, they take care of. They, that's awesome, it's good. I said, but you know, you've got to do something where there's accountability. Because that way, even the things that God has called you to do outside of that local assembly will grow. Because the sense of I'm responsible for that will remain with you. You would always look for ways of doing that because there's accountability there. It's, it's, the, it's one of the greatest blessings of serving within a local assembly. And you say, well, you know, yeah, I serve Jesus. I, yeah, I serve Jesus. But let somebody know what you're doing for Jesus. Because if not, why would I ask Banji, what, do you, what are you doing for the Lord? And then he went, well, you know, he said, that's, that's it. 
Jesus said, I serve Jesus and you don't report to anyone. Nobody's, you're not accountable to anyone. You don't. Then it's whenever. And I said, you know what? Our time is so short on this earth. Before you know it, we'll be in heaven. All of us will be gone. I mean, right there in that party, right there in that party, we're having a teaching service. And he said to me, he said, yeah, he's going he's gonna to go home and he's going to work on that. And, and then he got me with his wife, Melissa, and all of us started to say, you know, this is... And then I gave them a testimony, which is a blessing of serving God. And he said, wow. So, serving God is one of the ways we thank him. So I know where my energy to do all the other things come from. All right, this is our last scripture. Let's read this one. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 to 18. Let's read. That's the last one today. We're close. 1 Corinthians 16, 15 to 18. Somebody say, my life is getting better. Thanksgiving is right. And I'm doing it more and more and more and more. And God is pleased with me. And my life is moving forward. I'm becoming everything that God created me to be. I love this. Let's close out here. 1 Corinthians 16, 15. 1 Corinthians 16, 15. Let's close out here. This is Paul. He says, um, let's start from verse 15. I beseech you, brethren. Um, should we read this from the Amplified or read it from... Let's read it. Uh, yeah, let's read it from the King James first. I beseech you, brethren, that you know the house of Stephanas. That is the, it is the first fruits of Achaia. Note that word, first fruits of Achaia. We'll come back to it next week. That they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I love that. That they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. And then it says that you submit yourselves unto such, to everyone that helps with us and labors. He didn't stop there. Then he says in verse 17, I'm glad of the coming of Stephanas and Fortunatus and Archaicus for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. These were people serving God through serving people. Then he says in verse 18, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. I want you to read verse 16. Um, I want us to read that verse 16. Um, no, verse 15 from the Amplified. Let's read verse 15 from there. You know that the household of Stephanas were the first convert. I want, there's something I want to say to you here. I want to show you here. You know that the household of Stephanas were the first converts. Somebody say first converts. And our first fruits in Achaia, most of Greece, and how they have consecrated and devoted themselves to the service of saints, God's people. I urge you to pay all deference to such leaders and to enlist under them and be subject to them as well as to everyone who joins and cooperates with you and does what? Labors earnestly. Listen, when God is writing in heaven, I want you to know the scriptures, even though they were human beings were inspired to write by the Holy Spirit, if God was writing to the world, these are the same words God would have written to the world. When God takes note in heaven, when God makes reports in heaven, the things that you see in the scriptures are the things that are of paramount importance to God, right? When God wants to commend people, when God wants to talk about how he approves of people, these are some of the things about those people that makes them qualified for his commendation. 
He said in verse 15, there, verse 18 here, he says, For they gave me respite from labor, and rested me, and refreshed my spirit as well as yours. Deeply appreciate and thoroughly know and fully recognize such men. How did they, two things I need to just say here before we close. How did they give him respite from labor? How did they see to it that he rested and that his spirit was refreshed? How did they do it? Because they took over certain things that he would have been doing. And they became responsible for it. Any way you want to put it, they lightened his burden. They lightened his workload. And because of that, he was refreshed in his spirit. In, in one, I think he's in, in Timothy where he was praying about some of these people who are served and things like that. He was, he was saying, God will remember them. God will remember them. Because, because they served. That's the, the one thing. Well, one other thing I want you to see there though. He says they are the first fruits. Do you see that? They are the first fruits of Achaia. So Achaia is like you're talking about North America. It's not that big, but it's like Achaia is like North America. That's where you have the church in Corinth and some of the other churches were under Achaia. But when, when you say he, they were the first fruit in Achaia, that means in that entire region, they were the first ones to receive the gospel. The children are tired. Sorry, children, forgive me. Most of what I'm teaching now is for adults, but this will help you. Amen. This will help you too. So forgive me. I'm going to close in a minute. I'm always conscious with the children. They've done very well. They've been quiet for so long. Amen. Let's thank God for our children. We love you, our children. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But I want you to see this. They are the first fruits. They were the very first ones who got saved. They received the gospel and they gave their lives to Christ. That's why he calls them the first fruits. How did they express their thanksgiving to God for being the first fruits, the first converts in that region? They addicted themselves to service. Do you know something? Let's close. Do you know how much you appreciate God is expressed in how much you serve God? Do you know that? If God says, I need something done, I need something done, well, guess what? The people who feel like God is deserving and God has done enough for us to be willing to give him our attention, our time to get that thing. They are the first ones who say, yes, yes, God, what do you need to get done? I'll do it. But those who feel like, well, what has he done for me really? Like, you know, they say, what have, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> it's like, I'm not sure. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Somebody say, I appreciate the Lord. I show it to him by serving him. I show my appreciation to God by serving him. Part of my thanksgiving to God is my service to him. I'm not serving for, because of a man. I'm not serving because of an institution. I'm not serving because of any personal thing I want. I serve because I'm thankful to the Lord. I truly appreciate what he has done in my life. Amen. Do you receive this?
Can you stand to your feet, please? Hallelujah. 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 This is going so slow. It's Thanksgiving by verbally expressing our thanks to God. And today, Thanksgiving by serving. Let's just take one moment and thank him before we close. Thank you, Lord. In your own words, thank you for everything you've done for me. For keeping me alive. For the strength that you give me. The energy. The grace. The power. The anointing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For the privilege of knowing you. Thank you. My life will probably be a wreck without you. My life will pro- I'll probably be forgotten without you. I'll probably be lost, damned forever without you. I'll probably be in the woods, in the world, serving the devil. If not that you came out and looked for me and saved me. And you gave purpose to my life. You filled me with your precious Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace are mine today because of what Jesus did. Where would I be without you? Where would I be without you? You made something beautiful out of my life. So I recognize I owe you everything. There is nothing that I have and there is nothing that I am that is not a result of your loving kindness. I owe you everything. I owe you my life. I owe you my time. I owe you my talents. I owe you my resources. I owe you my I owe you everything. And Lord, as a way of expressing my gratitude to you. As a way of expressing how thankful I am for everything you've done for me. This is just a token, a little token. Whatever I give, whatever I'm privileged to do in service is just a tiny little token. My service is is a testimony of your goodness to my life. My giving is a testimony of your goodness in my life. That I am alive and breathing, alive and breathing is a testimony of your goodness. So Lord, receive my gratitude. Receive my thanksgiving. Receive God, my thanksgiving. I'm giving it to you from my heart. I'm giving it to you from my heart. Receive my thanksgiving. Receive my gratitude. Receive my thanksgiving. Receive my thanksgiving. 
Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you praise. Father, we bless your name. Lord, even as we close out this service, Lord, we feel a very strong witness in our hearts that people, some people might be listening to this, listen to this message. Some may listen to it after today. Who've never heard things like this? Never heard things like this said to them. Precious Holy Spirit, I pray God that with the witness that you give them in their hearts, you would also give them the motivation and the desire to serve you. That all over the world, more and more people will devote themselves to serving you. To recognizing why serving you is eternally important. Why serving you is eternally important. And Lord, as much grace as we need, all of us, because sometimes it just gets hard and sometimes it just gets difficult and sometimes it's just there's almost no motivation to do those things sometimes there's so many other distractions things calling for our attention and sometimes we just are not excited to want to do it but it's not for a lack of love for you sometimes we just seem to run out of grace the world talks about burning out sometimes people just burn out but Lord, for everyone under the sound of my voice today, I pray for a fresh grace in the area of their commitment to you and to your kingdom. Like Jesus said, I glorified you by finishing the work you gave me on this earth. The way I honored you, the way I glorified you was by completing my assignment like he said, my meat, my greatest priority is to do what you have assigned me to do. Nothing in this world, no physical nourishment that I need, no physical resources that I need compare with the priority of serving you and completing the assignment you have given me. So, Father, we receive grace and we thank you for more and more and more of your loving kindness. We give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all the praise. Thank you, no matter who's looking. <laughs> no matter who doesn't see. You are pleased by our serving you. Enable us to walk in greater grace greater grace and for those who are getting tired Lord I ask for a replenishment of that grace Lord for those who feel like this there's just I need something new a new motive Lord I ask you God supply that fresh motivation for them for those that feel down like they haven't received the rewards of service God enable them to see what you have done already We trust you, Father. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you help me bless the name of the Lord? Hallelujah. Just give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. 
Say with me, I will serve him more and more. I will thank him more and more. Amen, amen.